Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Let's go. Hope. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hope. You are not Hope. ready. Unstoppable dynasty. Young Hope. I'm a hustler, baby. Hope. I'm a hustler. I just uh. want you to know. Hope. Gotta let you know. It ain't where I've been. Uh. Ain't oh. where I've been. But where I'm oh. about to go. Top of the world. Young Hope. Now, I just wanna love you. Just wanna love but you. Be who I am. You know you love uh. me. And Hope. with all this cash. Uh-huh. More money, more problems. You forget your man. Now give it to me. Uh-huh. Give me that funk, that, that sweet, that, that nasty, that, that gushy uh, stuff. But don't bullshit me. Come on. Give, give me that, that funk, that uh, sweet, that yeah. nasty, oh, that gushy yeah. stuff. When the Remy's in the system, ain't no telling when I fuck them when I diss them. That's what they be yelling. I'm a pin by blood, not relation. Y'all be chased on, I'll replace them, huh? Drunk on Chris, mommy on E. Can't keep a little model hands oh, off me. Both in the club, high singing off key. And I wish I never met her. It gets better, ordered another round It's about to go down Got six model chicks, six bottles of Chris Four Belvedere's, got weed everywhere What do you say, me, you and your Chloe glasses Go somewhere private where we could discuss fashion Like Prada blouse, Gucci bra Okay, Bill Mark jeans, take that off Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff But don't bullshit me Come on, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff Give it to me Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff But don't bullshit me My love 
Saving it for marriage. Uh-uh. Let's keep it real, ma. You saving it for carrots. Uh-huh. You wanna see how far I'ma go, how much I'ma spend, but you already know. Zip zero, stingy with the Nero. Might buy you crisp, but that about it. Might light your wrist, but that about it. Fuck it, I might wipe you and buy your nice whip. Mom, but you really gotta ride nice dick. Know how to work your hips and your head's priceless. Professional love the hope, and I never let you down. Get you bling like the Neptune sound. Okay, hot hole, too hot to hold. Ladies love me long time like two pop soul. Only way to roll, jiggering two ladies, too cold. Motorola, two way pay. Give it to me. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. Come on, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. But don't bullshit me. Mama, give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. folks it is wednesday the wednesday after thanksgiving we've made it a we got it we're halfway through the week this is your wednesday episode of so bad it's good with ryan bailey this is your buddy ryan uh sorry for releasing tuesday's episode like i said a couple hours later than i usually do uh i was waiting on some audio but i was i hope you'll go check out that show with eddie uh, from Martinis with Eddie, we had a great conversation and I just had a lot of fun, uh, even doing the solo stuff, talking about the solo stuff before the interview. So go check that out. If you haven't already, these are just things you can have in the background. Just, just whistle while you work with this podcast today, folks, we have a great show for you. We have the one and only coming back for a second time, Mr. Frank Catania, from Real Housewives of New Jersey, the new show, the new season premieres in February. We're very excited about that. And I talked to him literally like a year. I talked to him last week. I talked to him a year to the day, I think, that I talked to him last time. I talked to him last Thanksgiving as well. And it was, uh, he's just a fun dude. I can see why everybody likes this guy. And I got to say, Sandra and Medica, who work with me, they, I, I tell them in the beginning, but they they got crushes on this guy. They, I've never seen Medica blush so hard than when she came up to the, the room after she met Frank Catania. And she doesn't ask for a picture with anybody. And she asked for a picture with Frank Catania. And Frank Catania, of course, you know, took he, the nicest guy ever. And he was just, it just, he's just, it's just a fun conversation. Like, listen, I just want that dude to be my life coach. And I want him to like, I want him to just read things and be like, get up, get up, lunkhead, you loser. Get up. Let's work out. Like, I want him to train me. That's, I want, I want that kind of 
energy in my life. He's a great guy. So we have him today. We're going to do some pop culture stories up, up top. And then if that's not enough, like this is, this is what this podcast is literally overcompensating all the time. This is like, you see those big dudes that, you know, that have small wieners that drive around in the huge, massive, massive trucks. And you're like, why, why that huge, why that big of wheels on that car? This is my big wheels on a car podcast. You guys, because not only do we all have that, we have all that, but we also have a Real Housewives of Salt Lake recap. This was the episode. They didn't air an episode last week, but they did the week before. So I'm going to get you primed for tonight, Wednesday night's episode. And I got to tell you, it's, you know, the episode was not Salt Lake's best. So I don't think it's going to be as long as my normal recap. So buckle in, folks. You've got a long road ahead of you today with this podcast. Uh, I hope everybody's having a good week. It's always weird. Because, like I said, we are in the holiday vortex. We can't do anything to get out of it. All we now, it's just gifts, it's cards, it's getting random text messages from friends going, are you still at the same address? Because they're sending holiday cards. Like, I mean, I'm watching, you start seeing these holiday cards and you start seeing the your kid, your friend's kids growing up before your eyes. And you're like, my God, time, slow down. Oh my gosh, you guys. You know what used to be my favorite? <clears throat> I don't know if they still do this. We used to, I, I, I used to love reading my my parents, their Xmas cards. I was included in their family, me and my sister. But as you got older, you know, some of them, remember when it was in vogue? I don't know if it still is where they would send like an update of like, well, Patrick this year took up karate. And, you know, you would get an update on each member of the family. Like, Marty uh, got really into sock collecting. Like, it would, it would always be, I'd always love to get those the most, where you got like a little blurb update of the year of this family. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I know, and they would like sometimes put little pictures. I always wanted to do that with a fake family and just mail them out to my friends randomly of like, oh, wow, Ryan uh, seems to have gained an entire family over this past year, you know, like Seth, Seth is eight years old and he, he knows four languages and he's into crypto. Um, so I don't know. Uh, by the way, if you're a Patreon member, you will be getting a holiday card. Make sure you've given us your address. You've probably gotten many, uh, emails about that because we make a special holiday card, um, to send out to you guys. And I'm excited to do that once again. Also, um, if you like this podcast and why wouldn't you, sorry, my life coach says to try to be like cocky sometimes. I'm just going to like, like be cocky and like, Hey, it's a pretty good podcast. Um, also, I just want to know this chair is creaking. That's not me like farting in the background. I just, do you hear this? Do you, do you hate that then when you try to like make the same sound you just made? Like this was, I live in fear of this in elementary school of being blamed on a fart and then, you know, like your shoe or like the Velcro on your shoe, your cheap shoes from Payless, they would make a sound that sounded like a toot and like everybody would look at you and then you try to recreate that sound to show everybody that that did not come out of your butt and you can't recreate it. Guys, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I'm not <laughs> just kidding. But you know who is, uh, who's having the best week ever right now? Well, actually, this is probably not true. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, you guys. You, uh, you have you heard about her? She's uh, one of this. The she had the sex tape, and then her family. They're they're doing. They've been doing huge things for like ever now. It feels like. Well, big news for Kim. 
is that she has finalized her divorce from Mr. Kanye Ye West today. They have agreed to terms on their divorce. Now, this is wild. This is why we're going to go into details of this, but I just want to say I did on the Patreon today an hour and a half recap of the final episode of season two of the Kardashians on Hulu. Now, this was a I think this is a damn good recap. It is one that I wish I could put on the main feed because I was really proud of how serious at times it was, but also how goofy it was. So if you're a Patreon member, please go enjoy that today. If not, please go and sign up to enjoy that. I recap the entire 10 episode season and listen on its face. You're like, there's not tons happening, but behind the scenes, it is truly one of the most fascinating reality series out there because of what is not shown, not just what is shown, but what we know is not shown. And this is including her relationship with Kanye West. And especially this year, especially with what's going on. Also, what bad luck does Kim have that the season finale, you know, ends with her walking in her first couture, couture fashion show for Balenciaga literally airs on the week that they fall apart as a fashion house. I think that is truly wild and you know you if you know anything about kim and this isn't making fun of kim but kim lives for that shit and you know it eats her up like this is the stuff that kim like this is like planning for a rainy day and i'm sure she you know she just made her statement about how she feels we read that on the podcast but i you know i just think like wow what bad luck that they use that for the season finale in such a high benchmark you know moment for her and then it's the same week that they fully seem to collapse because of some really weird advertising choices. But there's always a new day, and especially if you're a Kardashian, and today is that new day, she somehow got Kanye to agree to this divorce settlement. Now, who knows? This might be because he has thrown his hat in the ring officially for 2024, the presidential campaign, and uh, that's, that's exciting if you've kept up with that at all. He's doing very well out there on the campaign trail. I figure like he is doing so it is so wild at this point that I, I can't tell you for sure that he's not going to be on this podcast. Like, I think things are going potentially so poorly for Mr. Kanye at this point that I can't like, he might just show up on this podcast. Like it would not surprise me if like tomorrow we do an emergency episode like Ronald Richards, where I'm like, okay, we've got yay with us today. How are you? And then we just end up talking about his favorite real housewives of Beverly Hills episode. Wouldn't that be amazing to recap a Kardashian episode with Kanye West if he was more stable? Um, it, truly wild times. But let me give you some of the details on this. Uh, this is reported from TMZ. Kim and Kanye divorce settled. Kim gets 200000 a month in child support. And everybody's like, damn, he's going to be paying that until they're 18. Dude, he got off easy, you guys. They have a lot of kids. 200 grand ain't a lot. But there are some really interesting details in this. So according to the settlement, Kim and Kanye will get joint custody with equal access to their four children. Although the docs say, what if if it was like, uh, Kanye gets North, uh, Kim gets the others. No, they get equal access to their four children. Although the court docs say equal access, sources with direct knowledge tell us Kim will have the kids the lion's share of the time. Even Kanye. 
Kanye has acknowledged that Kim already has the kids 80% of the time. He did that in an interview last month. According to the settlement, Kanye will pay Kim $200,000 a month in child support. Uh, TMZ sources say Kanye is not footing the full bill for child support. That's just his share. In addition, he's responsible for 50% of their kids' educational expenses, including tuition. What happened to that Donda Academy that he... I think that just completely... So that's out. He's also responsible for 50% of their children's security expenses. Now, think about that. That does have to add up to be a lot. Because if Kim goes somewhere, Kim already has insane security. So... Does Kanye have to pay for Kim's security too? Or how does that work when you're in a divorce with somebody that they're both equal, like just both insanely famous? Can Kim get like, <laughs> like does, does she have to prove that the 50% of his money for the security is not going towards her security at all? Which is just a weird thought. Now, this is interesting. If there's ever a dispute regarding the children, Kim and Kanye agree they will participate in mediation. This is a very, very smart part of this divorce. Uh, if one of them fails to participate, the others get to make the decision in a dispute by default. And it's not hard to read behind the lines because what TMZ is saying and what the documents are saying is that, you know, Kanye has not shown up for most of these meetings for the divorce. He's gone through divorce lawyers like I go through uh, Costco toilet paper just very, very quickly. And, um, you know, when Kanye fails to participate in the future on these mediations over important decisions, the decision goes to Kim. And now this is legal. Legal. As for the 200000 it's due the first day of each month and must be wired into her account. As for property, the division of assets is in accordance with their prenup. They had a prenup in place, and according to the prenup, both Kim and Kanye waived spousal support. Thank God. Could you imagine? I mean, like, could you? I mean, at, at this point, Kanye might need spousal support from Kim. Our sources say Kim has walked a tightrope over the last year. Uh, this is probably not even hyperbole. I bet she's actually learned to tightrope walk with Kanye going off the rails and refusing to participate in resolving the divorce. Uh, like I said, gone through a half dozen lawyers, blown off de depositions, as one source puts it. By the way, you got to love Kardashian sources. They just have so many of them. One source puts it, Kim's patience was tested, but she handled things calmly, and ultimately, Kanye came around. The secret weapon in settling was, you know, divorce queen Laura Wasser, um, going back and forth to resolve the outstanding issues. Um, so this was a seven-year marriage. Uh, listen, they have one of the most famous marriages in pop culture history, and they have four kids that they will have to uh, share and, and hopefully raise. I mean, it, it just seems very challenging from the outside in knowing how uh, all of this operates and seeing how Kanye has publicly handled the media and already saying things like, I don't want Northwest on TikTok and things like this. There was an update to this story at 6.11 Pacific Standard Time um, that uh, Kanye picked up North from school Tuesday and took her to a mall. And as you can see, uh, they have pictures of Kanye waiting outside North school Tuesday evening with daddy and daughter leaving together in an SUV. A short while later, Kanye and North rolled up to mall, entering the shopping center through a Macy's. Damn, could you imagine being your day just like... I used to like sometimes just go into Macy's to look at the, like the sales rack and like Kanye and Northwest come in and then they just make fun of your choices. But like, I mean, just wow, wow Kanye going to a Macy's, you know, times are like, by the way, they, I mean, like it's still not a JC Penney's, but, um, Macy's, you just don't expect 
keeping Northwest real. They're like, Daddy, Daddy, are we buying this Macy's? Uh, so this is huge. I mean, I, it'll be interesting. I, I'm sure there's a huge weight off of Kim's chest. I don't know how Kanye feels about this. I'm sure he will let us know on some form of social media that he's not banned from. Um, but, uh, you know, good. I mean, I, 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 I was watching that season finale of the Kardashians and I just get really nervous. It just seems like a very nerve wracking, like I get nervous for them. And then you go over to Kim's Instagram and you're like, they're putting up like literally a tree lot in her backyard. I talked about Kylie's, uh, you know, skyscraper tree that she was putting up on Monday or Tuesday. And now Kim is putting up like literally a whole tree lot in her backyard. And she's like, Jeff Latham, thank you. Like it's, 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 it's wild. I would love to know the percentage of people out there that truly get joy from watching their extravagant spending and people that truly get icked out. And I don't know, like, is it equal? What's the tipping point? What do you think? Like, I truly wonder this sometimes. I see this and I don't usually have any feelings. Like I, I was talking, I think on this podcast or something, just talking about getting out the Christmas tree box. We have had the same fake tree for like decades now at my mom and dad's place. And it's like every year now their their Christmases get bigger and bigger where there's going to be a deforestation problem like this. this I mean, the climate change is happening in Calabasas. They literally have all the CO2 being made by the trees there. But congratulations to Kim. Uh, this is probably truly a weight um, off her mind. Also, interesting little fact tidbit about this. Kanye West gives Kim the house he bought next door to her in divorce settlement. So Kanye spent $4.5 million to buy the house next door to Kim after she filed for divorce. And now he's decided to give it up in the settlement. So Ye will transfer the title of the 3,650-square-foot, five-bedroom home to Kim. And she'll now be responsible for all the expenses related to the property. The home borders Kim's lot, so she'll likely just tear it down. Probably put up more Christmas trees back there. That's a great spot for storing the trees. Um, Kanye said he bought the house in order to be close to the kids, but the divorce settlement states that they'll have equal access to the kids, so he'll still be, be able to see them whenever. Uh, the settlement also states Kanye will keep his $60 million, home, $60 million home on the beach in Malibu. And I have a picture of this beach house, and it's just, you're like, this is $60 million? Like, I'd almost be like, maybe I'll spend my $60 million elsewhere, because I'm sure it's nice. It, I guess the selling point's the water, right? Like, duh. Like, it's the water. It doesn't matter. It just kind of looks shoeboxy. Uh, he also has two ranches in Wyoming, 300 acres in Calabasas, a home in Belgium, and, of course, his childhood home, which he bought in Chicago. Kim will retain property she owns in Idaho, okay, and, of course, the $60 million Hidden Hills estate that she and the kids call home. So, and do you think, like, also, I don't know, like, I when I got divorced, you guys, like we didn't take anything from each other. Like it just like it was, we fought. Oh, I mean, like we, I mean, there was just nothing that we fought. Over. Like there was, there was nothing like, so it's, it's wild to think about it. Like what if Kanye misses like that payment on the first, does this affect his credit? Like these are the things I truly like stay up at night and wonder about him. Obviously, um, could probably spend my time better. Um, 
Let's see here. Oh, this is good news. I love this. Um, on Saturday Night Live, December 10th, I believe this will be their last show of the year. It's going to be hosted by Steve Martin and Martin Short and uh, musical guest Brandy Carlisle, uh, who I love. Her la- Brandy Carlisle is just what an amazing musician. Uh, I really say check her out. Uh, just very, very awesome. But Steve Martin and Martin Short, I just love. I love, love, love them. And you know Selena Gomez will show up, of course. Uh, so that'll be December 10th on SNL. I thought that was fun. Um, like, let's see here. Oh, this is... Man, Haley Bieber, you know, her and Justin just seem to have a lot of health issues. Haley Bieber recently detailed a painful update for her followers saying, I have a cyst on my ovary the size of an apple. I don't have endometriosis or PCOS, but I have gotten an ovarian cyst a few times and it's never fun. Uh, What women have to go through with their bodies, I don't think men will ever, me and Frank Catania will agree. I don't think we could ever understand, but it's one of those things I feel. And Haley's on that kick with like Kendall, where she's all super into health and stuff. And it's sometimes just really unfair how our bodies can sometimes betray us. So I hope everything works out for her. Um, it just sucks. And I don't know how much they are actually trying to have a child. If that is something, uh, they're actively doing. Um, Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at these pictures of dude. Like, can't you know? No, I'm not going to say that. Um, also, uh, Brendan Fraser hits the red carpet for his new film, The Whale, which is going to get it's getting massive Oscar buzz. He's probably going to be nominated for Best Actor. I didn't know he had two sons. These guys look like supermodels themselves, Holden and Leland, 18 and 16, and they're both good-looking kids. And I was like, how dare you? How dare you, Brendan Fraser, have this beautiful family? Oh, this is interesting. Um, if you uh, if you like that band, Imagine Dragons, the lead singer Dan Reynolds, um, he was he he's he I think he's a former Mormon. Speaking of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which we'll do in a bit, he was married, has a couple kids with his ex, who they recently have split, and now he was seen holding hands and taking Minka Kelly on a date and i love tmz when they find they're like minka kelly hand in hand with dan reynolds dot 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 we're the real deal (laughs) and this guy's all buff and like you know i will say this this is i've got insider information about dan reynolds um i know for a fact that this man has had hair plugs and and that's not like listen if i had imagine dragons money and i was losing my hair which I'm losing it in little play, nothing crazy, nothing that you guys need to worry about. Um, but uh, I would, I would do that too. He, he looks great with hair, but th- you just think about it. I always get fascinated. I don't always get fascinated, but I've been, you know, after her divorce, you know, this, the, they'd been his, him and his ex, they got separated. Then they got back together. Then they finally called it off and they come from a Mormon background. And I watched this, I'm like not a huge Imagine Dragons fan, but I watched this documentary on a festival he held, like he held in Utah that actually stood up for, um, uh, gay and lesbian and transgender youth. And I thought it was a really inspirational documentary and his heart and his wife, his ex-wife's heart seemed like such in a good place for wanting to do this and, uh, to help out, uh, Utah youth. 
But I always just like, man, that must be wild because he does come from a religious background. Uh, you know, I wonder what the temptation was like for him being the lead singer of a huge, huge band. Like that, that, that temptation. And then to get out of that relationship into a media, no, I, don't, I mean, it seems like it's just, but to then to go into a relationship with a public actor like Minka Kelly, you know, who's gorgeous also. And then you just wonder how the ex is doing, man, relationships are just wild. They're just so, oh, so many ins and outs, you know, I mean, like, wouldn't you ever like to eternal sunshine, some part of your life Remember um, that amazing movie with Jim Carrey, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind with him and Kate Winslet. And, you know, you could possibly erase the memory of a love because like the love also was so painful as well. And that's one of those things we carry with us our entire lives, right? Like we like, we have these relationships with people that we genuinely fall in love with. And then sometimes they just don't work out and you have to carry around that pain or realize you cause somebody else pain. It's something I think about all the time, even just even in my own life. I don't know if you guys think about that as well or, 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 you know, the, I don't know. What a weird play. What a we what this is supposed to be a pop culture show. What the heck? Ah, you guys, tonight on uh, Bravo, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City airs a brand new episode, and we have Love Without Borders, a brand new Bravo show. I still haven't seen Southern Hospitality that aired on Monday, which is uh, Leva's show from Southern Charm, and I'm excited to see that. Uh, But remember, we have to give these new shows a shot. I'm telling myself more than anybody because we want Bravo to thrive and succeed as a network, but there is so many things pulling our focus. I just finally caught up with White Lotus, the new season, and what an amazing season. They're really finding their own footing after that first season being so amazing. I kind of had my doubts at first with the second season, but the writing is just as good. It's just as interesting. It's just as rich and beautiful and funny and sad and all those good things. And then, of course, you got the three-part Casey Anthony docuseries on Peacock that just premiered yesterday. And I told you my feelings on this. This, I'm going to... I'm going to watch it because I literally have no moral backbone, but like, my God, this, I mean, this, ah, it's like if we decided to like pay OJ again to tell a new version of the story. In fact, I bet we, I bet there's a dollar price where we could pay OJ Simpson to admit that he actually did kill his wife and Ron Goldman. Um, you know, like I bet like you could pay OJ off by the way, OJ is pissed. Uh, Twitter is a mess right now. Elon Musk is really musking things up as, uh, I like to say. And OJ the other day, uh, he, he wants to be verified on Twitter. He was very excited about Elon taking over Twitter. And he's like, I'll pay $8. I'm the official OJ. And I just thought that was so funny that OJ wants to be, he's like, there's a lot of fake OJs out there. And I thought it was so weirdly dark and funny where we're at, because that OJ trial in the nineties was one of the first times where I thought crime became pop culture. And it was like a really interesting time. It was one of the first televised court cases that people followed. I mean, that Bronco chase, the whole thing. And of course, then years later, you have the Ryan Murphy series, the people versus OJ Simpson. You have all of this. I mean, one of the best docu uh, documentary, like how many parts, like was it three part documentary on 
uh, was ESPN about OJ it was even nominated for an Oscar. One of the best things that I'd ever seen um, because they showed how the story of OJ tied in with race in America and it was just so masterfully done, but it was, uh, you know, so it's such a weird thing to think about all these decades later, this guy is still here. He's out of prison and he's like, Elon, verify me. It's the real juice. It's me, OJ. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, the I just I just get going. Um, okay, you guys, let's get to this. Frank Catania is an amazing man. He is one of the stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey. And here's the deal: this dude is so well loved that he is not even with Dolores Catania anymore. They have a be- they have a beautiful kids together, but they're friends, and he's still friends with David. And we find out about that, and we find out about his life right now, and Joey, and the situation with Teresa, and it sounds like they're. You know, and I mean, Frank is like just in a really nice spot where he's never fully in the drama. Like he'll sometimes get in there, but people genuinely like he he has this thing where you just like him. You just like talking to him. And I just imagine also, I'm sorry, ladies and guys, he's taken. Uh, we talk about his girlfriend a bit who probably will be appearing on this season. But overall, he's just one of the nicest dudes that I've talked to in regards to Bravo. And uh, he reminds me a lot of my ex's uh, family, a very Italian uh, background and family. And I just, I, I always get such uh, I get such a smile talking to him. Uh, he's just a really, really nice guy, and he seems like he really appreciates uh, everything that's come to him through this, and especially getting to see him with BravoCon, at BravoCon, how he treated and, uh, you know, reacted with all of the fans, and he was just, you just could sense that he really enjoyed it, and he was just nice and kind, and I think that says so much about somebody. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, his second time on the show, Frank Catania Sr. Today, we have a returning guest. If I check my calendar, we talked a year ago today, right before Thanksgiving, and he is back today. And let me tell you about this guy. Not only is he on one of our favorite shows, not only is he one of our favorite house husbands, I watched this guy at BravoCon, and you it was like the Beatles walking in. I, I mean, he, he was walking in the hotel lobby. People were just coming up to him right and left. My sta- I have two people that work on the show, and they are both in love with our next guest. Like, they literally, th- they are in love. Medica was like, oh, my God, he took a picture with me. And she never asked anybody to take a picture with her. Anyways, you know him from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and he's done so many amazing things with his life but we're going to talk about the drama on jersey and things like that his love life i'm sorry i think he is taken but once again a year later frank catania how are you i'm doing well thank you so much for having me back and i'm gonna tell you, you i had a great time at BravoCon. i really did there was so many fans there and you have no idea how much i just love to interact with the fans i love you it know, you're the best you're the nicest person. You were walking in that lobby and you're like basketball shorts and you're, I mean, people yeah. were just coming up to you right and left. And I got to tell you, but that it, it kind of is like your whole Jersey crew for the most part. Like they're all really nice. Like, you know, I got to meet, uh, I got Dolores, of course, who you know very well. She was very nice. Uh, Jennifer and her husband. I mean, like it was really, really a great crew of people that you have around you. Uh, I can see why you guys are so close. We we do we, honestly. We, they, they, overall, listen, they may fight with each other, but when when it comes to the fans, uh, guys, we appreciate the fans. Uh, without the fans, we're nothing. I you know, and then we realize that. 
and I, BravoCon was just awesome. When you get off the bus to either at the venue or back at the hotel and everybody's standing behind the barricades, um, my girlfriend was with me. Dude, I stop. I stop and say hello to everybody. Take a picture with anybody, whoever who wants to do it. I don't care how much time it takes. All right. I just love that. You guys you were a mob. You got, I mean, I'm telling you, I watched this with my own eyes. You were one of the people people were most excited to see. And I think that is so fascinating. Like they just love you. But because sometimes Joey, Joey Gorga, he gets love, but sometimes he'll get people pushing back on him. You get all love. Does that, I mean, does that surprise you? Like you're like, I, I, I think I'm a nice guy and I try to lead my life. <laughs> I respect everyone and I try to treat everyone the way I want to be treated. Uh, and I got to be honest with you. I, I love life. I wake up every morning, man. I'm not, it's not a cliche to me. But I, have I, you I, always I, been this way or did that just like... Oh, no, I haven't, man. I gotta be honest with you. 2007, my mom passed away. After my mom passed away, I realized what's important and, and what's not important. And I changed. Anybody who knows me knows that after 2007, you know, I just changed and, 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 and I become such a nicer person. I, 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 I love my life. I love the people around me. That's uh, that's really good to hear. I love when people actually do change and actually commit to that. And I think, you know, good things are happening, obviously, because of that. Would you consider this show an overall positive thing, even for all of the drama? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Overall positive. It's, 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 it's definitely positive when it comes to entertaining. All right. Um but it's there's a lot of things on a show I, I wish, you know, would, wouldn't be the way they are. But, you know, that that again brings ratings. Um, there, there's some feuds going on that I wish. What are you going- talking about? I do, I do not know what you're talking about right now. There's feuds going on and never uh, with your show. Yeah, well, God, always something going on. I, you know, and but that's you know, different people have different thoughts. And unfortunately, sometimes they clash. Um, so are we positive? <laughs> <laughs> We're positive for the viewers. All right. Okay. So, so, so the show premieres, I think in February again for the new season, can we, I mean, will we get to see you and your girlfriend interact this season on the show? Um, I got to be honest with you Uh, this year, as everyone knows, all right. uh, Dolores has a new uh, boyfriend, right? Uh, His name is Paulie. Nice nice guy. He's like Irish, right? Or Scottish. As Irish as they come. Okay. And uh, Paulie and I didn't exactly see eye to eye when I first (laughs) Um, because you know, Paulie, Paulie's a masculine man, Paulie's an, an alpha male, and you know, the ex husband, why is the ex husband around all the time? But Dolores and I have a very, I think, unique situation. And the more you're around it, the more you realize there's nothing to worry about. So, like, quite honestly, I thought I was going to be weaned off the show, it's a housewife show, and I'm an ex husband, yeah. I'm an ex husband to begin with, and now, now, now the housewife has a boyfriend and I'm even two, two, two steps removed, but, <laughs> but I gotta be honest with you. No, man, production called me. I, I, I did tons of filming this year. Um, my, my girlfriend did in fact make some uh, appearances. Um, wait, so, so, wait, are you potentially teasing the, do we see any on-screen tension between you and Polly potentially? You're gonna have to wait and see. Oh, come on. I mean, this, this is what I've been, but I mean, it is weird though, because most of us don't have our exes still in our lives, but yet we see on your show how you and Dolores were able to make it work in this really unique, positive way. And your son, Frank Catania Jr., who's awesome, he said you guys are very similar in some ways, you and Polly, but you butt heads because you are very similar. Um, you know, is it interesting to hear your son have a take on your relationships? I love it, you know, because my son is the most non-controversial person you will ever meet. All right. He yeah. does not like 
station. So he tries to bring out the best in every situation. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. And um, so when things are a little difficult between me and Paulie, uh, you know, Frankie tries to bring out, bring out the positive aspects of it, you know? I mean, that's great. I mean, that's how you raise it. That's a good son to raise. You, I mean, most of your drama seem to have happened before the show even took place. And now you are kind of in this really, like, it's an interesting thing where I feel like I said before, you're universally loved. You're always like, hey, I'm here to have a good time. You love palling around with the guys. Um, so you get a firsthand seat to watch all of this drama, yet we don't see you participate in all of the drama, which is amazing. But this this season, how did you like, I mean, the elephant in the room, obviously, was the Joey and Melissa and the Teresa and Louie. And you went to Teresa and Louie's nuptials, right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm glad I did. Um, it was an absolutely beautiful wedding. All right. She looked beautiful. I know her hair. People had so much to say about 1500, her 1500 pins in her hair. Um, a lot of hair there, but she looked beautiful. She looked beautiful. And guys, it, it was, it was a gorgeous wedding. I had a great time there. Um, I, I wish things were a little bit different. All right. And I, I wish Joe Gorg and her weren't, weren't having uh, at odds with one another because you know that was the only thing that might've been missing. Um, uh, and, and so other than that, it was a beautiful wedding. And, and the fact that Joey missed out on it, I feel bad for him as well. And I feel bad for Teresa that her brother wasn't there. Um, but you know, the shit happens, man. <laughs> but well, I mean, yeah, I hear I hear this season of New Jersey is explosive and we will find out more about why they don't go to the wedding. But was there ever a like a time, you know, because you are actually real life friends with Joey Gorga where, you know, he's expressed potential regret or you should have said you should have been there, knucklehead. Like, I mean, yeah. it's it, still it, going on now. We, we spoke about it. We spoke about it. And Joe, Joe felt strongly about his situation. Um, and, and quite honestly, you know, listen, I, 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 I just like I back Teresa, if that's Joe's decision, you know, I'm not one to, you know, get in the middle of it, especially between a brother and a sister. Um, so I, I, I try to keep my, my opinions to myself when it comes to family, because, you know, once they become friends again and everything's good, I'm the jerk off on the outside because I don't put up my mouth. Speaking of family, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow. What is your Thanksgiving plans with your family? Like, who, who do you go to? Or do you have three families you're going to? Like, what is the, what's the plan? And what are you eating? Because you're still, by the way, he's still all ripped up and stuff like that. So are you just protein heavy? What are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm everything heavy. All right. Listen, <laughs> hey, listen your fans will be happy to hear this because this this goes to show you how unique my life go is beyond just me and Dolores and our relationship. Um, tomorrow, which is nice, you know, uh, Dolores is away. Dolores is away with Paulie. Uh, they're going to, they're, they're, I think, in Ireland. They're going to Italy. They're going to Germany to see his son play soccer. So she's not going to be here. So during the day tomorrow, I, uh, my, me and my girlfriend and my kids will go to uh, some family. And then tomorrow night, all right, we go out to dinner with my what? girlfriend. All right? Oh, my God. Another dinner. <laughs> Again with my children, all right, my girlfriend, her mother, but also Dolores' ex-boyfriend, David, all right? <laughs> yes, David! I forgot about David! You used to live with David. He used to take you to the no, bathroom when you were healing. I live with David, right? I still live there. You still live with David? I still live with David. So, oh, my God. So David's a part of this, too, still. Uh, they, they don't know if David wants to be a part of it, you know? But indirectly, <laughs> yeah, he is still a part of it. Frank, um, wait, wait, wait. Can I pitch you a reality show? It's just <laughs> you and David. And if we, oh. it's just you and David living together like the odd couple. Guys, let me tell you something. It's, you think the ratings for New Jersey is good. You should see the ratings of the shit that goes on there. Because my girlfriend, she stays over a few nights. <laughs> 
he's there. And, and you know, and, <laughs> even then, you have no idea how much I truly, truly appreciate you giving me the opportunity to stay here. But, you know, it's time I got to go out <laughs> and I got to build a house, you know? Yeah. David gets, David gets upset, you know, because we really have a David's never home. All right. Yeah. He's, he's like, actually being a doctor. Yeah. He's, he's like, why you got to leave? I said, bro, because, you know, my girlfriend and my girlfriend's there. And she's like, David, you know, we need our own life. Well, you guys can live here together. <laughs> I said, man, he's such a good guy. He's just such, he's always a giving, giving person, you know, and he's really, really one of my best friends, you know? It's funny so, though, because you're, and your and your son and your daughter even said last season, what a good guy he was. Like, it's very interesting how, I mean, your show above all the other housewife shows, like I always said, really does hit home the point of family, you know, is that no matter, you guys have always been family oriented more than any of the other housewife shows. And that's why I think it's interesting for the audience. We feel pain when we watch like Joey and Melissa, you know, when we watch Joey, and Melissa and Teresa and all that, cause it's like painful. 100%. And I gotta be honest with you, th things obviously didn't work out between Dolores and David, but Dolores made it quite, quite clear to myself and my children. Okay. Whatever happens between her and David has nothing to do with our relationships with him. Okay. My kids were always close yeah. with David. He's been nothing but awesome to them. He, they, they still see him on a regular. Uh, and obviously my relationship uh, has, has gotten even better since Dolores moved out and I ended up moving in, you know, I said, Dolores, there's no chance of you coming back. So serious. you had to walk so I can run. Okay. <laughs> and hey, hey, and you got, what was it? Knee surgery or what was the surgery? Oh, yeah, you had? Started all way back when, you know? Yes. So you can actually run again. Yeah. So, um, I, I, uh, I, about running, Ryan, man, maybe honestly, I, I could, I can walk quick. All right. <laughs> so, um, okay. So this season's coming up. BravoCon just happened. They had to split your panels into two. And I was watching, I watched both panels and it was really bummer. It was a bummer that you guys all couldn't be together. And I understood why, but then at the hotel, you guys, we were all staying at the Gansvort, which was this really cool hotel, but it was like, it was like another BravoCon at the hotel. Were you there when the Jennifer Aiden drink through throw happened? Yes. Yes. In fact, I'm the you one watch that, got, that all go down. No, I'm the one. I'm the one who got in between. And in fact, you know, uh, you know, I tried to talk to Jennifer and, and, and I and I escort. I push her into the into the uh, elevator. All right. Um, because I, I walked in and I heard screaming and yelling both ways, you know. Um, and next thing you know, and I know Jennifer, Jen, Jennifer, listen, and she was by herself. So, you know, I felt a little bad because Bill wasn't there. Where um, was Bill? And Bill was upstairs sleeping. He was done. <laughs> So, and, and I know Jennifer, she'll, she'll, she'll escalate, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> yes, you, uh, you know, that, that's, it was, I walk in and security's like keeping me back from Jennifer. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? No, 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 no. Stay away. I stay away. I said, listen, th this is a normal occurrence for me every day with me. <laughs> I know that I know this. Crew. I, <laughs> let me talk to her. So I did. And honestly, good, which, which is good. So, you know, able to You're separate. like the person that comes in when like, there's like a, like a jumper off a building to talk them down. You're like, I know how to speak to both of them. No, but it, it, on that one, yes. All right. On both of them, yes. That's that's correct. So, um, and and I, I hate to see that. I gotta be honest with you. And and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone whatsoever, but I just hate to see, you know, when it rises to that level. It rises to that level. And you know, but I know things were going on all weekend between everybody, and it's just, you know, we don't want to see it. You know, it's it's great, it's great for social media and everything else, but that's obviously not the reason anybody does it, you know. But you yeah, like I mean, this, these are real, these are real emotions. You're not just doing people aren't just doing this just to do it to get attention, basically, right? <laughs> Ask all the time. All right. Is is it 
really that like that? Do they feel that? It, New Jersey's a passionate, passionate crew. And what you see is not fake. I, mean, I wish it was fake sometimes. What you see is it's, it's absolute emotion overload. Is there one person on the show that you didn't think you would get along with that you actually turned out you're like, I really like this person? Well, I knew Over obviously the years. I knew Teresa, I knew Joe, I knew Melissa. Um, uh, nobody who I, I, I never go, I never go into a situation not liking somebody. So I never thought I was not like someone. Um, but I've gotten really, really close with Margaret's husband, Joe Beningo, um, yeah. which where he's, he's again, he's one of, one of my closest friends. Um, and I never expected that to come out of the show. Yeah, no, he's good. And Margaret's so nice. I mean, you guys are really one of the nicer housewives groups of people. You really, that's why I keep telling the audience, you guys are like real people, actually. I know that sounds crazy because it says real housewives, but a lot of people put this on, you know? Ryan, what's good about it is what you see on TV when the cameras are not rolling, it's exactly the same. Um, This past Saturday night, myself and my girlfriend went out to dinner with Margaret and Joe. Right. It's exactly what you so so whether the camera and I think that's why the guys come across so good because when the cameras are not rolling, it's no different than what it is when we're rolling. Yeah. Do you I, get I a know. kick? I mean, it, it, do you guys get a little kick that when you go into a place, even outside of BravoCon, that there will always be people excited to see you now? Like you know, it, like we don't. It's I don't have that. Like, is it exciting sometimes? It's it's I love it because yeah. I I'm a realist. I know this can all be gone uh, tomorrow. Okay. Um, I love it. And that's why I always take time to stop, take pictures. I never, ever say no to anyone. Um, I went to the Bahamas and my God, I, we couldn't walk a hundred feet. It was out of every place I've ever gone. (laughs) I leave the Bahamas. How crazy it was. It was, it was overload, but I still, you know, you got to make time for him. You got to make How Um, really, how much of an effort does it take to to say hello, take a picture, talk for two seconds, you know, and move on? Oh, and it you know? makes their day. It makes. I mean, that's why BravoCon was so cool because you saw so many people that were like ecstatic just to meet you guys, to be around fellow people yeah. that love these shows. I mean, that's why it was really cool. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. Could you bring us back to when you and like what is the like when did you and Joey Gorga meet? Like what is the actual like meeting of like when did you when Teresa Joe like. Do you remember the first meeting? Yeah, well, Teresa, Teresa was friends with Dolores. And uh, Dolores and I, uh, at that time, I believe we were dating and we had bought a shore house. Okay. And uh, Teresa used to be very close with Dolores's cousin. And Dolores's cousin came over. Teresa was with her. And that's when I first met Teresa. So we're talking, my God, 1992. Um, Dolores goes back even before that with Teresa. And then uh, Joe Gorga. Probably not too far after that. Uh, Joe was a young Joe was a young whippersnapper. I, you I knew know. Joe when he had hair. I, I, do you want to know something? <laughs> Whether it was on his head or dripping down the side of his head, it was. I knew Joe back then. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and thing, I represented. I gave Joe. Joe wanted to get into foreclosures, and we had a yeah, great. You were a lawyer, yeah. Yes. All right. And we 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 had a, we had a huge you know foreclosure portfolio, and I would turn Joe because I liked him onto a property here, property there. Next thing you know, I became his attorney. Um, and and then when Dolores went on the show, Joe always treated her very well. Joe knew her from quite some time ago. And then uh, when I came on the show, we just took it to the next step. You know. Um. Uh. Bill is a really interesting house husband to me. I actually was more excited to meet Bill than I was Jennifer because Bill seems like he's like another guy that just d- you don't expect to see on television, but he's so great on television. And he just, he's one of those guys you have a couple drinks with him. He seems like he just is a blast to hang out with it. Is that who he really is in real life? 
That's so who he is. Bill is an absolutely giving person. All right. Has a huge heart. Um, and I got to tell you something. He's, he's a good guy. Bill, Bill, Bill does. He, Bill is even better at it than I am. Staying neutral. All right. He's, <laughs> you know, anytime Bill gives advice, you know, he's never saying somebody is wrong. He's never saying someone's right. He's just giving advice. You know, it's like Zen with Bill, you know, we, we had one time this year, I think I had a little too much uh, marijuana. And, you know, <laughs> I looked at Bill, I said, Bill, shut the fuck up. All right. Let's get off the fence, you know, because I was stoned, because I was stoned. But other than that, I would never, <laughs> and, you know, and listen, He's he's got his hands full of Jennifer. Jennifer is an energetic, robust personality. Um, oh yeah, yeah. By the way, by the way, by the way, Frank's choosing his words very carefully. You don't want to get a drink thrown in your face. Like you can't. You don't want to get that. You can tell he's been around for a while now. All right. <laughs> I know. Wow, you're like media trained. You're like you know what not to say. I've learned my uh, lesson. I've I gotta be honest with you, I get along with everybody on the show. There's nobody on the show I don't get along with, nobody on the show who I think I have an issue with. Maybe somebody will have an issue with me, but otherwise, no, I get along with everybody. And, wait, and who I want to wait, who has an issue with you? Oh, just Paulie, you mean, or just or, I gotta be honest, I don't think anyone. I don't think yeah, I don't think anybody ever you don't ever get brought like it's always Joey Gorga that ends up getting the brunt oh. of the female, like you know, yes. discourse. Um, so uh we see the guys always, you guys will go on tour with each other, which I love, but also now Joey Gorga has split off and he's doing solo stand-up now. Have you seen his solo stand? I think you, I think you've definitely seen his solo stand-up. Do you have a favorite Joey Gorga joke? It's, it's not, not only do I know Joey Gorga's stand-up. Okay. <laughs> Joey, Joey was appearing at Caroline's in a city. The night yeah, before- right, right before BravoCon, right? Yeah. And I woke up one morning, I looked at my Instagram, you know, Joe Gorga, October, I think it was October 14th, Bravo, uh, uh, Caroline's in the city for Bravo, uh, night before BravoCon. All right, I'm looking at, and then guest star Frank Catania. I said, what the I, fuck? <laughs> I, call, I call him up. Yo, <laughs> yeah, no, no, bro, you know, you do get up on stage, you know, like you know, two, three minutes, you know, it'll be great. I said, Joe, but shouldn't you ask me? No, I knew you'd like it. I said, <laughs> So then what happens, bro, he adds me, he adds me. Next thing you know, the show sells out, right? Yeah. Again, I look on Instagram and it, he added a second show that night. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I said, Joe, <laughs> quite honestly, I, I, not only did I see Joe, uh, I've seen Joe <laughs> a few times now. I was on stage for about five minutes at the beginning and I got to be, I enjoyed it. The crowd was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, no, yeah. I mean, they're obviously there to see you guys. I just thought it was so, I love, like, I wanted to go see Joey Gorga do stand up. You guys never come to Los Angeles, it seems uh, like. But I, oh. then I was like, I, I need to see what your material is like. And then I was like, wow, Joey Gorga is like the Dave Chappelle of New Jersey all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Joe, Joe Gorgon, the good thing about Joe, Joey's uh, stand-up act is it is his life. It's his life. And, and quite honestly, it is, you know, maybe a little bit of elaboration here and there, but it's it's basically a day in the life of Joe Gorgon. All right. It's it's that fucked up and that funny. All right. Um, well, have you noticed any change? Like you said yourself in the last couple of years, ever since your mom passed, you've kind of had a change in your life and you appreciate life more. Uh, have you seen those changes for people like Joe and all that? Have you seen, because the cool thing about getting older and, and I guess sometimes the bad thing is you get to watch your friends and family change in different ways. Have you noticed all of like these people in Jersey changing for the best? I, I, I got <laughs> honestly, no, it's not, it's not, you know, some of the people, yes. 
but a lot of people have become a lot more intolerant. All right. As to things that they tolerated in the past. And this goes for a lot of cast members. So now, you know, we have beefs, you know, beefs that used to get over with quickly who have now extended for quite some time. Um, and I just I just wish they would just know, listen, we're on this. We're on this earth for a short time. Enjoy, man. Let the little shit go. Um, but it, it doesn't appear that's going to happen this year. Uh, yeah, it certainly doesn't from everything that we're hearing and reading and seeing. Um, you also seem like that you are like this kind of, I, I always talk to you and, or I listen to you talk and I get a real good vibe from you. What is the best advice you've ever, uh, gotten and that you give to people? Uh, listen, life is short. All right. We don't know when our time is going to be called. Enjoy it. Enjoy every single day. Live life to the fullest. All right. That's it. It's, it's just, Guys, and I say, and I, it's a shame. I got a tattoo on my back. Right, every day is a gift, not a given right, and and it's not a cliche. I truly feel that way. I love that. Um, we're starting to wind down here, but I do have to ask you because of the female audience uh, is rabid for you. Does that ever? Uh, do you ever have? Does, does your girlfriend get jealous? How long have you guys been together now? Is it, it hard weird. for? Is it hard for her to be with such a stud as Frank Catania Sr.? Is it hard for her to deal with the attention that you get, knowing that at any second she could lose you because so many women want you? She'll never, she'll never lose me. All right. <laughs> but, the one good thing about her is, is she is secure. She is very, very secure, and she handles the situation incredible, incredible. I don't know anybody other woman that would be able to do what she does. Sometimes women cross the line, and she'll put her foot down. They'll be, you know, we'll be out fans sometime, and they'll they'll grab my face and kiss me on the lips, you know, or you, you touch me or stuff like that. But no, I got <laughs> my my girlfriend is wise beyond her years, um, and I don't know of any other girl that would be more, all right, more. Um, it, it, ease into these situations, be able to handle these situations better than she does. So I, I'm lucky. But have you ever got, have you ever gotten shit on anything that you've said on the show before from her? Like, I wish you hadn't have said that. Have you ever gotten it? Come on. I feel like there's, you had to have said something that you've gotten in trouble for. I get in trouble for a lot of things. Right. But at least (laughs) on the show. All right. No, I I, got to be honest. (laughs) No, I believe it or not. No, I don't think so. But there are, unfortunately, there is some shows. I, you know, when I get the preview the week before, I'll call my girlfriend. I said, "Do me a favor." I, I said, "This week, don't watch the mother." All right. <laughs> I don't think your mother wants to see me <laughs> with a freaking a set of balls hanging around my neck for me kissing Joe Gorg's ass. You know. So yeah. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, I always do appreciate your love of the um, the sweeter drinks. You always you go into a bar all the time, and you're always ordering. And I don't understand that because you're a bodybuilder and you have been. Why do you go for the sugary drinks when that's like the worst hangover? It's not good for your body. Like, I'm shocked every time you order drinks on the show. I listen. I it has taken off. Me with apple martinis has taken off yes! so. It's amazing, bro. I get I get these DMs all the time. People out with drinking, they I ordered an apple martinis to you know. Cheers to Frank Catania. You want to know? I I like to taste the liquor. To be I'm really not a drinker. Okay, and <laughs> I can order I can order a, 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 a martini, right, bro? Because look at these hands. They're they're mitts. All right, they're they're like hands. Yeah, yeah, they're big. Yeah, 250 pounds. I don't care. Nothing is going to make me look feminine. All right, I know. I, I, I can wear a dress and I still won't look feminine. All right. Wait, are you saying, please say that you wear a dress this season on a Real Outsiders of New Jersey? No, I did. I did wear it at our comedy show at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City with Joe and Joe. <laughs> Evening gown. Bro, I look fucking good, too. 
<laughs> um, okay. And then, so I do have to ask you, obviously we started this interview with, you said you did go to Teresa and Louis' wedding. I got to meet Louis at BravoCon and yeah. he was very, he was very nice. He was, I mean, like I, I, you know, you only talk to somebody five minutes, you don't know him, but like, do you, do you like Louis? That was a lot of the last season of New Jersey was, can we trust Louis? And the fans are very protective, especially of Teresa, because we've seen her go through so much. Um, you know, having actual spent real time with this gentleman, do the fans have anything to be worried about? Do you think he's there for the right reasons? I know that's a I, tough question. I, I, I have seen obviously the stuff on social media, all yeah. right. And there, and you know, people say, oh, we're going to smoke this fire. Um, and me and Louie don't exactly hang out quite often, but I got to tell you something. Every time I'm in the presence of Louie, all right. Um, he has shown no sign uh, as, as to anything um being true on what i read okay and nothing all right and, and then again I, I you know it's not for me to say but he has he has given me no impressions no indications whatsoever um as to that he's been nothing but a gentleman he's been nothing but a good guy uh, to me and my family all right my son as well yeah because um, your son i believe worked or interned or worked yeah. with him or still might work with him or something yeah so do me a favor honestly if you're good to my family i'm good to you yeah, that's right. kind of like the, it's a good rule to, to, to live by, right? I stay on the outside looking in. Who knows what the, what the real story is, but he's been nothing but a gentleman to me. You know, uh, I know I know he's got problems, obviously, with, you know, with, with Joey Gorga. Um, and sometimes it puts me in a rough situation, you know, because I am close friends with Joey Gorga uh, and my loyalties to Joe. But I try not to let it to, you know, affect any of my relationship with Louie. Because you'll actually text Joey Gorga probably on a weekly basis. You'll stay in touch with him. You Dude, know, I was part of your I was on the phone today four times with Joe Gorga. Uh, well, please tell him I have the Gorga Guide to Success. I bought that book. I have the Gorga Guide to Success. And yeah. I was hoping that's the one person I didn't get to meet was Joey Gorga at BravoCon. But like when, when you go to those things, I mean, was it a high press? Like, was it nervous because they were all, I mean, were you nervous for them all being in the same room? Because that drink what? thing happened, of course, but I was nervous for you guys because I was like, is, are you guys going to, are they going to keep you guys away from each other? And you're nice with everybody. I, I, I never get nervous. I never get nervous. You know, I, the, my biggest complaint is I told Dolores when me and her used to go to the parties together, Dolores, let me just fucking eat before you guys start. Okay. Cause dude, I never got, I never got, to I got to be up, you know, you know, I'm sitting there waiting for food. Next thing you know, that's uh, yelling, screaming, fuck this, fuck that. Frank, let's go. So uh, uh, other than that, you know, I, I, and I'm like, listen, this season, I, I try to stay the same way, neutral. Every once in a while, I get dragged into things a little bit here and there, but otherwise I just try to stay neutral. Um, and finally, Frank, I've recently, uh, started with a trainer and I've never lifted weights in my life. And it's really just horrible. How, how do you, I mean, it is just God awful. And you, you, you did this. I mean, what you, you put your body through and I'm putting my body through this at this age, I'm, I'm lifting heaps. I'm doing deadlifts. I'm good, doing things good. that I never thought. Of. No, not good. It's horrible. How do you uh, get to enjoy that stuff? Right, man. You're still a youngster. Are you kidding me? You know, do me a favor. If you do it right, you can continue to do it forever. I, I beat up my body back in the day. Cause we used to, you know, have the ego back, you know, lift heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, but dude, if you do it right, I'm going to tell you something, keep doing it. Ryan, you feel just so much better. It releases the endorphins and it is so true. Uh, you look you in the feel mirror. better after you feel better after immediately, but during you are cursing every, I mean, at least I'm cursing everything that's known to man. 
Uh, but you would go in there. That's what I'm saying. Do you still have a regimen that you hit up every day? I, I try. I'm not as consistent as I used to be. All right. And listen, at our age, even at your age, honestly, over 40. Uh, well, you're, no. yeah, you're 46. I'm 43. We're, we're similar ages. I wish I was 46. You're the best, bro. <laughs> Shit. I'm old enough to be your father. Right? <laughs> bro, the, the big, biggest thing at your age, and you can come back to me in the future when you do. All right. Hormone replacement. Don't forget it. Wait, hormone replace. Wait, I got to get my knees replaced and I get hormone replacement? Hormone, no, hormone replacement is your testosterone shots. Oh, so well, you can the, get your hormone test uh, tested, right? Well, what you do is you initially just get your levels tested, all right? And then you take a, a, a requisite, hold on, you there? Hold on. Yeah, right, okay. yeah, I'm right here, yeah. Right, you take a, take a requisite, uh, 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 basically a weekly um, uh, injection of testosterone, bro, because our body doesn't produce it anymore. Once we get to a certain age, our testosterone levels are so much lower um, and bro, you feel not only, not only physically, mentally, you feel so much better. Dude. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight dude watching these shows. I need a testosterone shot already. Yeah. I need, wait, 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 that's not, that's the question. Oh, sorry. La- last one. I, you, we've both been divorced. We've both been divorced. How is it hard or for you when you get back into a new relationship, like you are, is there a part of you that like, you almost sometimes don't trust yourself where it's like, can I do this again? Can I, can I yeah. really commit to somebody? And are you thinking about possibly making a more permanent commitment? I'm sorry to throw this at you at the last minute, but it's something that I think about all the time. Like, how do you commit after you've done it once and it didn't work out? You're hundred percent right. I went through that. I went through that for many, many years. Um, and, and I'm, I'm finally at the point where no, I I'm perfectly okay. I'm perfectly okay. Being monogamous. Um, I didn't trust myself. And there was a point in time when Dolores and I got separated. All right. And she said to me, um, do me a favor, come home. We'll forget about everything you did. We'll forget about everything that happened. Okay. This was shortly after, you know, the situation that happened. All right. And I didn't go home. I couldn't go home, Ryan, because quite honestly, I didn't trust myself not to do it again. And I didn't want to hurt her. All right. She was so important to me. And to see how she was hurt the first time, I couldn't do that to her again. All right. So. But now, but as you grow into things and as you grow older and wiser, you do learn what's important and you are able to, you know, right. At yeah. Don't, don't ever think that temptation's not there. I wake up every morning till you know, 20, 30. I, different- I, I saw girls throwing themselves on my, my old yeah. assistant was like trying to like hook up with you. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But anyways, Frank and Tanya, I talked to you last year, really literally on this day last year. Thank you. You really are one of my favorite people on Bravo. And I think you're you're a lot of people's favorite person people on Bravo. So keep it up because you really do inspire us. I think you need your own radio show or something. Is there Uh, anything coming up for you that you're thinking about doing? Or like, I mean, I know you have an actual job and do all this stuff, but like anything else coming up that we should know about? Yeah, I would say, but you may see some a little bit on the on the um the show this year. We've got it. We got involved heavily, heavily into the uh, cannabis field in New Jersey since it's become, it's become a recreational legal here now. So, all right, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm consulting to many many stores here, and um, and on that, and, and bro, and just keep your eyes open because who knows, uh, maybe <laughs> you guys might be doing something. Okay. Okay. I will. I hope you do something in Los Angeles so I can come see you. But uh, you guys, Frank and Tanya, go follow them on Instagram. The new season premieres in February and we are big, big fans. So we go support. Uh, Have a happy Thanksgiving, dude. Hey, same to you, Ryan and all your fans. Happy Thanksgiving to all of them and their families. Now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week, So Bad It's Good is once again sponsored 
by our friends at BetterHelp. Now, listen, I talk about my own personal mental health all the time, and that includes um, things that I try to do to make my mental health better. That might mean hiking for me. That might take mean taking my antidepressants. It also means talking to my better help therapist. Um, there is, mm, I'm trying to think of the way to say this, is just there's so many in th- times in life where you wish that there was a user manual. You wish that you knew exactly the thing to do. And that's just like what life isn't. Is that unfortunately we don't have a manual on everything to do. So we sometimes, we all the time, we need to talk to somebody else. We need to get somebody else's opinion. We need to help be shown the right path in certain ways. Um, Sometimes when you don't have somebody to kind of bounce that off of, you feel stuck or I feel stuck. I have felt stuck all weekend, you guys. I have felt stuck uh, a lot. I'm making a lot of, I feel, really random poor choices. I've overworked myself. I'm doing a lot of things that you shouldn't do. And I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to my BetterHelp therapist more. Because navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel like really unsure. You know, it's you guys might have a career change. You have a new relationship. You're becoming a parent. Um, and therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. And we are all different. We really are. We're kind of these really weird, beautiful machines, but we can't just do it by ourselves. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Whether or not you've been in therapy before, um, it always helps to have a therapist um, because it helps you with coping skills. It also helps you with self-empowerment. It helps you deal with trauma for specific events. Um, and, And it's something that has always, always helped me And I have to be honest with you, it sometimes scares me because it's the last thing you want to do. It's like when I complain to you guys about going to work out with my trainer because physically I don't want to do it. Sometimes it's the same thing mentally because you don't want to do it. It's like sometimes the last thing you want to do. But I swear, once you get out of there, you feel so much better and so much stronger. And I don't even care if that sounds cheesy. It's just really, really the case. And especially at the holidays, you guys, this is the toughest time of the year for some people. This is the time where we need this kind of stuff the most. Um, So as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. So there goes two excuses out the window. You can do it online, you don't have to go anywhere, and it is affordable, which I know actually matters. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, this is important, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. So it couldn't be simpler. They try to make it really easy for you. There are no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 
slash so bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash so bad. Give this to, give this like a holiday gift to yourself, you guys. You've earned it, and we're going to have to deal with the end of the year. And I would much rather have somebody to bounce things off of going into the new year. And I think that's where better help comes into play. To okay, Frank Catania, amazing. What a do I mean, I try to really. You can just tell I'm just, I tried to bro out and my white whale, I think is turning in. I need, I might need Joey Gorga. I need, I need to speak to Joey Gorga. I think it's time. I think I'm ready. I've read the Gorga guide to success. I I have his book, which only came out in paperback, by the way. Um, I should show you, where's my Bethany Frankel book I just got? I found, I told you guys this the other day, I found at a a used bookstore a copy of Bethany Frankel's 2011 book, A Place of Yes, and uh, truly powerful stuff. It's like that, the Bible, you know, that, the Bible, both really good reads. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, this is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 3, Episode 8, originally aired on November 16th of the year of our Lord, 2022. And I got to tell you, this uh, this isn't a good episode. This really, really pissed me off having to rewatch to like back up. I like uh, Laura Beth Harp uh, helped take the first half of these notes and I had to uh, watch to go over her notes and then I had to take the rest of the notes. And I got to tell you, this was one of the least exciting episodes and potentially offensively fake in some moments. And I thought they were building in such a weird, good, kind of unique way with the Whitney stuff, trying to stand up for herself with Heather. And then, of course, the Lisa Barlow stuff and Lisa Barlow and Meredith both accusing each other of being whores. And I mean, so much good stuff. And then this episode, I feel like they just like it's like a 
like just farted into a trash can and just like did, did nothing. I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm like, I don't. I'm gonna recap this. Are you kidding me? It's like men sitting together eating barbecue, trying to like tell each other their feelings and not really being able to. Of like, I don't know why your wife said that about my wife. And then John Barlow going, I don't know either. Like it's so awkward. Uh, but let's get into this. This is not. Listen, I almost say, just listen to this recap. You don't even need to go back and watch it. And why Why would you? There's a new episode tonight. Hopefully, we'll get on back on track because the teaser for the second half of the tr- uh, the season looks great. I mean, we got to find out how Heather Gay gets that black eye. Uh, this is called RSV Please. RSVP, get it? RSV Please. Love it. Loving what they did there with the play on with please and this is what the cable company description gives you jen lisa and whitney unite like the avengers to address their issues with heather but only lisa finds common ground with heather meredith copes with past family trauma the husbands meet up for a bbq by the way why the husband you gotta meredith copes with past family trauma should be the closer there the husbands meet up for a bbq is the closing sentence no. Uh, previously on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we see Lisa and Jen skiing on the Heather's ski day a few episodes ago. This skiing, man, you guys, it's its like we get it. Utah has snow. I also just get upset because Winter House has skiing. Salt Lake has a skiing. I was watching an old Anthony Bourdain No Reservations episode where he went to Japan. He was skiing. And I just get pissed off because every time I watch a skiing episode, it's like when rain comes. I feel it in my knees. And you're just like, ah. Oh, I'll never be able to ski again unless I can afford some kind of knee operation. Uh, we see uh, Lisa going, this is kind of isn't my thing. Sorry, guys, I'm getting got to get warmed up into the imitations. We also have Heather Gay discussing her choir. She has done uh, a housewife's feat and her special talent this year is going to be hearkening back her to her days of yore singing with a choir, uh, singing songs of our Lord. Um, and Heather says, I'm missing feeling, you know, the presence of God in my life. This uh, trailer also shows uh, next we see Meredith and Seth at dinner with Angie H and Chris. And Angie H is like, Chris got really frustrated because he felt like I was being attacked in the media. And then Chris is like, please judge me later, but I created a fake account as grown men do. <laughs> you know, it happens. And I love it. Seth and that scene was like, yeah, of course, buddy. Of course, we've all been there. We've all created fake Instagram accounts, buddy. Jen then at another scene we see confronts Angie at the choir auditions. These choir auditions, there was only 10 people there and it was like so drama filled. That's the tension of auditions. It just ramps everything up. Everybody's so nervous. Jen's like, you need to take some accountability because he did it. You know, Chris. But I love when Jen Shaw says accountability with this. I mean, it's just wickedly funny in so many ways when she yells at somebody about taking accountability. We go back to the women sitting together inside after the auditions of the choir. And Heather's like, you said you're my friend, that you cared about me. And then you went on social media and showed exactly the opposite. So you were fake. And Lisa Barlow's like, I told the truth. If you don't like the truth, don't ask for it. Because... Listen, I can't even defend Lisa on this. She technically was right, but she, 
you know, got called out. You know, she Heather said she didn't check in on her dad when her dad had passed away. And Lisa had text to prove that she did. But Heather's thing was we were like all like around him. He was in hospice and he was like he died like the next day. So technically you're right. But why did you post those two? You post our private text on Twitter, but it's a very Lisa Barlow thing to do because Lisa Barlow does not lose. And I appreciate somebody that doesn't want to lose, but legally, like, I like that she's still playing within the rules of like, yo, I told the truth. Here is the proof. This is the shit I want to see from Jen Shaw of like, I keep saying I'm innocent. I tell everybody that I, here is the proof. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least we get that with Lisa Barlow. So we open up on Lisa's house and Jack's like, what's up, guys? And Lisa's like, hey, Jack. And Jack's like, what are you guys doing? And Henry's like, origami. Of course. What? I mean, when are kids not doing origami? And John is like, are you guys going to be hungry soon? I'll start getting stuff ready. Which I thought meant that for them, it was just like, let's let's all get in the car to go to Taco Bell and Wendy's and all that stuff. And Lisa's like, I'm hungry. I'm always hungry, though. And John's like, what are you guys making? And Lisa's like, I don't know, but Henry's good at telling me I suck at it. And John's like, oh. And Henry's like flipping through a book, and it's like a Bible, you guys. And Lisa's like... Oh, you got new scriptures, Henry. These have your name on them. Do you see? Okay, we got to ease back into it. But I want to get back to like what we're doing. Like we're doing scripture study, Bible study together at least once a week. You know, Heather, I auditioned for Heather's choir because that's her way of feeling connected to church still because that's like something she enjoyed with it by watching her. Like I feel more compelled to gravitate the other way because it makes me miss some of the things I've felt more connected to so now her sons have to get bibles with their you know scriptures with their name on it and stuff i listen i i've been there i remember my mom i gosh speaking of christmas i remember one christmas when i got a bible from my mom and no if like dude god you like i hope we're good like i just there's you know the bible when you're like 11 years old you're looking more for like the Batman. Com- I'm still at this age looking for the Batman comics, that kind of thing. But the Bible was not like high up on the uh, Christmas gift list. But it's that gift where you're like, oh, cool, the Bible. You know, <laughs> it's like leather bound and has your name. I still have that Bible and uh, I should crack it once in a while. Anyways, Lisa in a confessional goes, you know, I'm not super proud of like the example I've set for Jack and Henry just in Diet Coke alone. Like, I know I'm spiritual, but I think it's important that my kids say, see me make the effort to get up and go to church with them on Sunday. Like, it's course correction for me. And I think that this is my way of acknowledging that like I messed up. And Jack, the older son that was like, fudge college, mom, fudge college. I love fudge college. I think that is so funny. I just think that is fudge college. Like we shouldn't be saying the F you say CK word. We should be saying fudge and Jack's got it right. We've got it wrong. Jack's like, I think the great, great thing about religion, mom, is everyone can do it a different way. There isn't one set way to do it. And Lisa's like, yeah, exactly. And John's like, yeah, that's what your mom always says. And Lisa's like, like the world is crazy. You guys have to have like a really good core. And I think if your core is focused on God, your life will be a little easier. And John's like, I actually think meditation is a way of praying. And you don't, you know, don't necessarily, you have to, you don't have to be saying words or speaking words, you know, in your mind, you know, verbally, like what Jack's doing right now. And the camera pans over to Jack and he's just sitting there with his eyes closed. And I think he's just being a, like a, like a, 
like a teen, like an angsty youth. And Lisa goes, uh-huh, yeah, Jack's dreaming. And Henry, the younger son's like, yeah, Jack's just daydreaming about women. And Lisa and John laugh like, ha, 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 ha. And John's like, yeah, probably. And then Jack opens his eyes and goes, it's not wrong. He's not wrong. Which is like gross because Jack's getting to that age where you, you know, you're thinking about other people's body parts. I don't need to explain that. You know, this family show anyways we're now at snow basin resort for another painful skiing scene we see whitney walking up with her skis and lisa's sit like why is lisa and whitney constantly doing activities together lisa's already said she doesn't like to do activities yet we keep putting lisa through like a flipping boot camp every episode lisa's putting on her ski boots and uh lisa's like hey whitney are you ready to do this and Whitney's like are you ready? And Lisa's like, I'm going to be like on the bunny hill. Are you going to hang with me? No, I'm taking you up, girl. Oh, I can see Jen. Jen walks up in like literally the ridiculous, like this gold puffer jacket and gold in her braids. Like you're just imagining like this is actually real gold stolen from the elderly. And Jen's like, I know I blend in. And when he's like, look at you. And Lisa's like, oh my gosh, I love your braid. Gold jacket, gold braids. And when he's like, ready and lisa's like yeah let's go and they get on the ski lift they're all doing that they're like pretty and like how high are we gonna go we're gonna go to the top blah 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 whitney in a confessional is like we live in utah utah is known for having some of the best snow in the world the slopes are right in our backyard so it's time that jen and lisa really step up their game and stop fucking around on the bunny hill and whitney tells him you'll see it's not it seems intimidating but you can take any way down and lisa's like like the gondola down and then they all laugh ha 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 whitney's like nope you're going down on your sticks and lisa goes see you at the bottom whitney in a confessional goes there's no more little girls around here okay we're going to the big girl hill and that's like you know a mary cosby which i episodes like this you really miss mary cosby i would kill for a mary cosby cosby talking to one of her mannequins in her closet episode are you kidding me I mean, that's like a Pulitzer prize-winning episode compared to this. We see Whitney helping Jen get her helmet over her braids, which takes a majority of the episode. Uh, Then a montage of the ladies scene. Um, I can't ski at all. Whitney kills it. Um, You know, Whitney's like, party on the mountain. Lisa falls. Jen, you know, you're just like, they're not going to have skiing in prison. This is useless. Jen in the confessional goes, you know, the last few years, my skiing skills have vastly improved. They've gotten a lot better. I attribute that to hard work, dedication, and taking money from the elderly. No, just kidding. Taking my anti-anxiety pills. That's the winning combination. Less stealing, too. And then she falls down. Then we see uh, everybody giggle, and everybody's like, playing with their ski goggles and Whitney's like I haven't seen you since audition day for Heather's choir and Lisa's like how did your audition go and Whitney goes well apparently I made it and Lisa goes so did I flashback to one day earlier Heather's on the phone with Lisa and Heather's like honestly Lisa you were one of the very best singers of the day and then we see Heather on the phone with Whitney is like I would love if you would be willing to sing soprano in this little choir and Whitney's like um and Whitney explains to the other ladies, the last time I saw her, she like physically she manhandled me out of her house with the Lisa stuff. Um, her tweet, I challenged Heather. I said, well, have you ever considered Lisa's side of it? And she physically like grabs me, turns me around and pushes me to 
her front door. And we get a flashback of that. I truly now long for these scenes when Heather Gay just really manhandles somebody in the cast. And she just seems like she like picks them up. Like they're just not just bad, like pillows, like a Craig Conover pillow. and just like moves them and slams the door. And Lisa goes, is that unreal? Like Jen in the confessional goes, I'm surprised Whitney defended Lisa to Heather, but I find her reaction completely out of character for her. This does not sound like the Heather. I know where I'm wondering like, what's going on with Heather? And I just love, it's once again that scene of Jen, like the audacity of Jen being able to question, like, what's going on with this Heather? What is, why is she being so weird lately? I'm like, Jen, like, I, it, 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 it's just wild. It's like by some magic power, she never gets questioned for anything she really does. The new girl, Dana, finally gets into it with her a little bit. And Jen, within the first sentence, like flips a like you know f- creates such a drama scene at the finale of the episode that you're like this is why people leave her alone because she yells so loud so quickly that you're scared to call her out on shit and Lisa's like all of this stuff is a house of cards built on lies which is hysterical to say around Jen Shaw like we're 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 on the wrong people we're talking about Heather here and we've got an official proven liar an actual liar here on the mountain that we could go to and she goes and if one of those cards moves it's all gonna crumble that's why she's like upset with you upset with you and upset with me because we're like saying hey that's not the truth and jen's like i talked to her about what chris had done and angie with that instagram account and she was genuinely upset by it that's how she received information in the moment And I'm like, so confused because we go to the audition. Now, why don't you say anything to Angie Harrington? I feel like whenever we're in a group setting, Heather just kind of sits, steps back, and they all look ridiculous. And when he's like, I keep showing up for Heather, I feel, and it's kind of like a pathetic feeling. I feel like I chase her down. Like, I feel like I'm always constantly the one that's like, are we good? Like, hey, I just shared with you that I've had all this past trauma that I'm working through. And I'm trying to explain to you that in the past, when I have stirred the pot or been messy, it's because that's where I naturally like, that's how I learned to behave, right? That's why I got attention. And I'm like trying to tell her, like, I'm trying to break the pattern. Like, I don't want to be that person, right? And I'm telling her that I'm going through all this pain and trauma. She never once, like picked up the phone after Phoenix to call me. By the way, this is actually very interesting for Whitney. Like, this is somebody that's truly trying to question their own behavior. And that's why I say she's kind of in that, not spiral, but when that, you know, when you're really trying to do hard, heavy work on yourself mentally, you know, she's like in there, she's doing the work, she's seeing all the psychics and the therapists and all the people like just reading energies. So there's a lot going through Whitney's head at any given moment. And uh, I just, you know, but she's also upset that her friend Heather is not checking in on her on any of this stuff. And Jen's like, I don't like living in the space of ambiguity. I would rather be like, hey, I'm not okay with this. I'm hurt. We need to talk about stuff. We come back from commercial break and we are now at Jen and Coach Shaw's house. And there is a caterer in there just preparing the hell out of some brisket and BBQ chicken. And this is a guy scene, you guys. This is like, hey, we're going to take on those Real Housewives of New Jersey men and they fail miserably this is one of the weirdest but like like if you like shows like the office this is your scene man this is like seth is like starting to become like a weird version of michael scott to me where he's just like hey what's going on pal i love titties what's going on there guy like i want to come here of course like it's just so 
and and it's only pales in comparison to how awkward John can be. And like, they're all likable guys, but it's just, it's, I, you know, like, I hope they're having fun. Um, we see Seth, Seth's like, coach! And Coach is like, yeah! And they hug, and Seth's like, bring the South to your mouth, ayo! And Coach is like, you understand me. Coach Shaw in a confessional goes, it's barbecue time. It's the no-wife zone. And I was like, you're going to be in the no-wife zone for a pretty, you know, maybe have the wife zone. Like, let's not have the no-wife zone until there is a no-wife zone set up. Seth in a confessional goes, I think it's great that Coach is hosting a barbecue. Getting the guys together. You know, understand what's going on with Coach and Jen and then I see how we can be supportive. I cannot even comprehend what he's going through. So that I love that he was proactive in doing that. This is just what the doctor ordered right now. Seth's talking head is wild, you guys. He's all in gray and he has this like insane spray tan on we see justin come in as well as dana's husband ernesto angie k's husband sean john barlow arrives last and we see all the men sit down at the table angie k's husband is wearing a hat that says boss coach shaw says we got the crew we got the crew this is the kind of male camaraderie i've been looking for my entire life john and seth hug and seth's like we gotta get some time just me and you finally and john's like Oh, oh, really? Oh, okay, all right, all right. John in the confessional goes, I think it's a, a good idea for he and, I, he and I to talk. There's more to talk about than just what Lisa said. I think there's a lot of things to, to straighten out. Coach Shaw says a blessing over the food. You know, a very, like, you know, let's bow our heads and grace. Thank you for our friends and let us grow together and protect our families and have faith in things we, we don't understand. In God's name, amen. And the chef's like, dig in! And uh, Seth is like, how much time do we have to sit in silence and eat this food, huh? <laughs> it's really, it's just very awkward. I can imagine the crew was like, are we having strokes? Like, there's nothing happening. Coach Shaw in a confessional is like, when our wives are crazy, we need to remember that, listen, not everything has to bleed into our relationships. Let's just eat. Let's laugh a little bit without our wives waiting or hanging in the distance. No wives invited. They're all eating. And then guess what? Jen walks in right on cue and goes, hey, the strippers are here. And the men all laugh. And Coach Shaw's like, we got to get her out of here right now. I'm going to come give her a hug. I love Love you, baby. Okay, okay. She, by the way, looks very different without all the makeup on. And Jen goes, okay, I'll see you later. Coach says, love you, baby. And Jen leaves. It's silent as the men continue to do man things like eat meat. And Justin, in a confessional, Whitney's dude, is like, I definitely feel the tension between Seth and John right now. And I'm actually surprised because I thought we had a guy code that meant we leave that behind when we get together. Guy code is truly incredible guy guy code i love it i love i thought we had a guy code that meant we leave that behind when we get together i love the rules that men that we men associate with ourselves i thought we had a bro code man also i love that justin can feel that like there's definite tension because i couldn't feel it i didn't think anything was happening i was like this is really boring i didn't know there was tension in fact i feel like we're being led into believing there is this tension when john just seems kind of just like looking around all the time coach Shaw's like i gotta have my guy do this demonstration on the meat come on let's make our way to the counter i don't know why like all of a sudden this is a cooking show and uh you know they're rubbing the meat the chef's rubbing the meat and they try to do 
a joke about all the guys drooling over the meat. And Seth has a confessional where he's drooling, looking, he's like, oh, it's getting hot in here with this meat. And he's drinking water. And I'm like, we don't need to do, we have, let's respect ourselves. Come on. Coach Shaw says, how are the boys? They good? And John's like, yeah, they're good. Jack's getting, he's almost as tall as me. I felt like he was about to say, Jack's getting pubes. <laughs> he's like, he's almost as tall as me. Seth walks up and Coach Shaw goes, Seth. And Seth's like, dude, this is great. Thank you for having us. Which is just so weird because we, we're like all five feet away from each other. Why are we saying hi again? And Coach Shaw's like, man, brother, thank you. Seth to John goes, I would love to talk to you just to get some shit out. And John goes, yeah, I'm happy to. And Coach Shaw goes, do it, man. Do it, do it. And John's like, yeah. And Coach Shaw goes, no, 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 do it. That's why we're here, to visit a little bit. Go. And Seth's like, thank you. And Coach Shaw escapes this awkwardness. John and Seth walk out to the back porch, and Seth goes, it's beautiful out, actually. Very nice. And John's like, yeah, it's not It's not so bad in the sun. It's very nice, yeah. Awkward silence and pause again. I feel like this is actually how they live their life, though, just in awkward pauses. And Seth's like, I just like uh, how, I don't know, I've never... Um, had a situation like this where I have a friend whose wife went crazy on my wife. And John goes, uh-huh, okay. You know, John's like, well, you know, get used to it. <laughs> and Seth's so like, when you see Meredith, I know you guys didn't talk to each other at the party. I don't know if you were trying to avoid her. And she's talking about the first episode at Coach Shaw's birthday party. And John goes, no, I didn't. I, I, was, I was kind of in my zone, own zone there. I like John. I truly believe John is in his own zone. And Seth nods. And Seth goes, how would you feel if Meredith said, Lisa Barlow is a garbage whore? Fuck her family. She's a piece of shit. Her husband can't keep a job. And John goes, I mean, it's, well, I mean, when they were in Arizona, your wife brought up rumors that Lisa cheated on me just out of the blue. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody can walk around and say they've never done anything dumb that they regret and ask for forgiveness. I mean, this is John trying he's at a 10 in this scene and he's still at a two in most like to normal people. Like this is him worked up and he's ba- there's a barely a pulse. And that's like, I think it's more constructive when you have qualms with somebody to actually say it to their face rather than behind their back. And John goes, yeah, again, your wife brought up rumors that Lisa cheated on me. I agree with you far as communicating. I mean, that there that is the best thing. I know there are times that she tried to communicate with Meredith and Meredith was like, I, I, I don't have time for this. You know, this is all still so calm. And the other men are watching this outside the window and usually they're expecting some kind of action. And it's just like, this is like, dun, 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 dun. there's like, the BPM is so slow here. Justin, like, I just keep looking at them. I just want to make sure there's no fist flying or anything. I'm like, Justin, if there was a fist flying, it just means like somebody was like sneezing. Like there's no, no, hand. like you do not have to worry. There is no signs of any kind of physicality coming at all. And Coach Shaw's like, hey, listen, guys, bros, this was a conversation that needs to happen. Let, let them have this. And we cut back outside to the boring guy. And John's like, I value you, Seth, your friendship, everything. And says like, likewise, man, like, that's why this is so fucking hard, you know, when you fucking love a dude, you know, and John's like, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. And says like, come on, let's go. Cause I know you're going to, and then they just walk back into the place and the guys kind of half clap for him. And coach, I was like, listen, here's what I want to know. One question. Are we better? 
And it just, I don't know. I, I don't even, I was like, are they asking me? I don't. And Seth's like, kind of nods. Yeah, yeah. And Coach says like, better than what we were before we walked out? And Seth goes, yes, sir. And Coach Shaw's like, well, then that's all that matters. And Seth's like, how are you doing, man? The shit you're going through with your family right now? And Coach is like, man, um... Well, I believe that God never makes mistakes, never. So uh, God convicted my wife. Now, he's kind of like, God never makes mistake, And so I am where exactly where I'm supposed to be. And he says, some days it's so painful. Someday that's hard. And uh, I cry. I cry because I can't control the outcome. I can't fix it. I can't do what most men want to do for their wives and making it better. So I can't do that. And um, some days I feel absolutely helpless. And so, and coach starts to cry, you guys. And Seth's like, Coach, we're all here for you. We're your family. And Seth reaches across the table and grabs Coach Shaw's hand. Justin and the other husbands put their hands on Coach Shaw's back. And Coach Shaw's like, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. You say you say how I'm getting through it. This right here. This will last me. This will fortify my spirit. It'll be okay. I'll be good. Also, any of you guys have cash? You have any cash money on you? No. And Justin's like, well... Uh, I'm going to throw in here something that uh, probably doesn't need to be here right now. My life transitioned this week as well. So um, I stepped away uh, or parted ways would probably be a better way to say it with the company I've been working with for seven years. Life throws some interesting things at you. And they all like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, they're like manly grunting. And Coach Shaw's like, it does, doesn't it? And Justin's like, and it's really how you react to that. And Coach is like, and it's something that I told my wife every day. I said, baby, I don't know what's going to happen two minutes from now. I just know how I'm going to react to it. God, I'm not flinching, okay? So now what? Now what? And then Coach Shaw gets stricken by a bolt of lightning right now. Uh, This is very interesting. Kanye West said something just like this. Uh, on a podcast the other day uh, and I was just like you know what maybe maybe flinch sometimes if God's sending you this intensive signals where the law's involved maybe flinch do a little flinching just make sure you're alive you know just flinch I would say the same thing to Seth and John flinch maybe move a little bit we're very stagnant and Justin's like I feel like we're in therapy and then all the men laugh <laughs> and John's like I know it is therapy <laughs> we come back to Meredith's house and Meredith is with Myra uh who is her sister and her niece and nephew Lily and Alex and this is a Alex this is just you know is is her nephew that had the mental issues and uh Meredith is throwing an event for uh him and and i think it's it's great but this scene is very weird too because alex is like what are you doing auntie and meredith's like i thought we'd make a little snack a little white bean salad that's not a fucking snack that's a bunch of bowl of disgusting a little white bean salad why not just slap me in the face and send me outside in the freezing cold i don't want a white bean salad as a snack do you have any doritos anyways they're helping, and Meredith's like, you're you're actually making more of a mess than helping. <laughs> scoot, scoot. Myra, the sister, kind of talks exactly like Meredith. And you, My, Myra's like, hey, what are you guys doing? And Meredith's like, making a little white bean salad. And Myra's like, that sounds good. And Meredith's like, so guys, tell me what's going on. And Alex is doing traveling a lot for college tours, and it seems like he's in a really a much better place. And Meredith's like, it's different, Myra. We're on the older side of things now uh, than these kids right here. Um, and 
uh, Meredith in a confessional says, you know, Myra is her sister. She lives in Chicago, but we're very, very close. And we see pics of them younger and older. And she says, you know, like any close relationship, we have certainly had our ups and downs. We did have a little bit of a rough time last winter with everything that was going on with my father and my nephew. We flash back to the reunion where Meredith is like, we didn't even have a place to bury him. We, it was all of, you know, these health issues. And then the issues, the mental breakdown that my nephew had, as she says with her sister, it was hard for them to see eye to eye to fulfill the different needs we needed for closure, but we're in a great place again. That's a good thing about family is that they're always family and there's always a chance of reconciliation hopefully with family and Meredith's like I'm getting really excited about our event and Alex is like I am too auntie and Myra's like oh me too I'm so excited and Alex is like it's gonna be amazing and, and Myra you know I don't know everybody's excited about the event anyway Meredith is finally like to the kids she's like well I want to hear all about that from you Myra about the event will you guys run this up to Unky for me please she fucking said Unky is Unky Seth Uncle Seth Hey, I'd like for you to call me Unky, kids. Unky Seth. Unky? Like, first the white bean salad, and now we're calling Uncle Unky? I'm out. I'm out, baby. Like, no, Unky. No, my stomach. It was like, I'd rather go back to the men eating barbecue. Unky? No. No, Unky. Uncle. Well, Uncle, or let's just call him Mr. Seth. Like, I don't need Unky. I don't need to hear Unky. Unky sounds like a foot disorder. It's not good. Anyways, they start talking and, uh, you know, Myra says, seriously, I'm so excited to do this with you, this event. Our family has been through a lot the last year with everything that happened with Alex. You know, it's almost like this celebration of where he is in his life. And which, by the way, I think fucking good for Alex, man. If he has made it through this challenge, mental health is just nothing to be like, you know, I struggle with it. You guys all probably struggle with it as well. Meredith in a confessional goes, with Alex, it's been a long journey. Over the years, there were a variety of just little signs that, you know, he was not happy, that he was struggling in different ways. He went to multiple facilities for mental health, for drug addiction, um, and it just didn't seem to be getting much better. And Meredith starts to cry right here. And I did not, in any sort of imagination, imagine what she was about to say. And she goes, and last winter, he drank a bottle of bleach. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is beyond horrific. I'm so glad he's, I'm so glad he's okay. I mean, I don't know. That's got to destroy it. But Myra's like, he's doing so well, Meredith. And Meredith smiles and she goes, he does seem like he's doing great. But the question is, is he getting better expression where he really is? And Myra's like, that's the amazing thing, Mare. He told his therapist when he's been triggered. That's incredible. And Meredith is like, yeah, that's what you need. And Myra's like, he's so excited to help others because he's like coming around and now he's on the other side of it. And to give you to give this event, it's special because it's you doing it. So me, Alex, anyone involved in this, we want positivity. You have to really think it through, Meredith. Who do you want at our positive event, you know? And this is like, well, you know, it's very funny because you're just trying to like, well, no one on the show, if you, if this is a real event for mental health, we want nobody from the show. In fact, I would be like, cut, we're, we're going to just do this 
off camera because this is about Alex, who's, you know, had some unfortunate incidents. And we're going to treat this very seriously and not even have an event um, to film where somebody could potentially get into a fight because that's just horrific and not what I think these shows should be about when it comes to mental health. Um, that's just my opinion. I just don't think that would be funny in any sort of way. Not that these fights are funny, but sometimes they kind of are. But Meredith is like, it's a wild card with a lot of women here. And Myra's like, they have not been good to you, Meredith. And Meredith is like, you know, it's not just Lisa right now. We get to Arizona and Whitney has this meltdown. It's like, we have to all tell Lisa we're talking about her. And so now fast forward back to today. Now she apparently continued to insist to Lisa that I'm the one who started these rumors to the point where John said something to Seth about it. Meredith, you did start the rumors and also we go from a kid drinking bleach to this bullshit who care who the fuck cares who the fuck cares honestly care about that kid up with his unky right now and meredith is like we get we see this flashback to seth and meredith in the car at night and seth's like telling her this and meredith is like wow and seth's like he said he she was really hurt that meredith wasn't there for lisa when she needed her friend and meredith is like how was i not there listening to her for three hours a day on the phone and seth's like he said meredith accused lisa of having an affair on the girls trip I did not accuse that. I did not accuse that, Seth. Whitney did. And that actually really pissed me off. Her voice is very grating in this flashback. And Myra's like, you certainly don't need to deal with that, Meredith. No one deserves that. That's not a friend. New scene. We're in a car. We see black shoes with these like weird green heelys on them. And it's Heather popping out of a car for her first choir rehearsal and she's like sexy place for our first rehearsal already that choir is giving me bad vibes we don't need a sexy place for a choir rehearsal and the guys goes okay the muscle is here as heather gay walks in do they call do they all everybody's call heather gay the muscle like is she the one that makes shit goes down in a talking head she's like i can't believe our first choir rehearsal is here Corey, of course is the big burly choir director and Heather's like, auditions had some highs and some lows, and we see Jen fighting outside. But I want to create a safe space of renewal and spiritual centeredness through music and hope my friends don't mess it up. That's all you can hope with a show, uh, show choir. Or really, you know. And Heather hits a note in this. She's like, ah, and you realize that Heather can't sing. And I was like, why? Well, that's wild. Heather wanted to start this choir, and she is not a strong singer uh we cut to lisa uh sorry jen shaw with her huge bullhorn coming out of her house angie k is picking her up uh they do the you look beautiful you look beautiful and jen's like thanks for picking me up mama and angie k's like did i tell you i went skiing with lisa and wit or uh, sorry jen shaw goes did i tell you i went skiing with lisa and whitney and uh, Angie's like, how was that? And she's like, it's good. Whitney and Lisa talked about making the choir. And Angie says, have you talked to Heather? And Jen's like, it's awkward with Heather. She doesn't see a problem with what Angie and her husband did with that Instagram account. And you cannot say you're my ride or die and then not say something to them. And that is just not something that we do. And they pass a church during this drive and they both make the sign of a cross, which is very um, interesting. Also, Jen's obsession with the phrase ride or die 
makes me want to die. Like I re- I'm just like you can't. You should be fine. That that should be added on to any sentence. The more you say "ride or die," let's just assume. Let's just call it friends. Like let's just like, hey, I hope you're my friend. Um, but anyways, in a talking head, Jen's like, I'm confused. I would have cussed out Angie and Chris Harrington on behalf of Heather if it was if 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 you know they were in the wrong, and I would I would make them apologize. And I want Heather to have my back and do the right thing. And Angie says there are a few things we have to talk about because Meredith invited me to a spin class last week, and Dana was there and brought up the situation at choir auditions, and you know she said what was all that bullying that uh, that Jen was doing to Angie. I love when they talk about, and you're like, oh, we're about to get a flashback of a spin class. Because they're like, well, let me tell you something that I went to last week. And of course, we flashback to that spin class. And Dan is saying, you know what? No one puts Jen Shaw's ass in check when she fully steps out of line. She's a bully. And I'm like, fuck yeah, finally somebody's, thank you, Dana. And Jen is in the car hearing this and she loses it. She's like, she said bullying? She said bullying. She did what? Angie, what's that? She's freaking out. And they're talking head. Jen's like, fuck Dana. What in what world am I a bully? And we all just pause to laugh. And bully Angie H and her fat fucking husband set up Shaw Exposed. They're the bullies. What you're not going to do is label me without having a one-on-one, without talking to me. And Angie says, well, you have to be careful being around people who don't have your back. Once again, no shit. Like, come on. Let's get better dialogue than this. New scene, Angie H. walks into choir. Whitney comes in. Heather's thrilled that Whitney is there because the last time they saw each other, Heather was literally like picking her up like a rag doll and putting her out of her house. And a talking head, she's like, I'm thrilled Whitney came, you know, and, and uh, um, <laughs> so um, Heather immediately hugs Whitney and is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, yay. And Heather says, if we have, you know, this this experience today, it'll be a deposit in our emotional friendship bank account. And I'm like, we, once again, we're just using flower, like emotional bank accounts. Like, does Wells Fargo order that? Emotional bank accounts? And Angie H says, when they let you in, I said, you're letting anyone in? Because they're talking about everybody getting in the choir. And I'm like, Angie, too soon. Maybe let's not make any kind of jokes at other people's expense until you're in the clear completely. Whitney and I talking to Ed goes, I have to show up and support Heather. We are literally singing Mormon hymns. Just the other week, she was watching me sign papers showing that I wanted to get out of the Mormon church. If that doesn't show commitment, I don't know what does. And Heather says, okay, we're all here based on our our love for singing. And the choir director has, he's like, okay, bring them in, you guys. Let's bring some chairs around. Jen Shaw and Angie Kay walk in. They look completely ridiculous. Lisa Barlow walks in. And Heather goes, oh, it means a lot to me you're here. And um, so uh, Lisa goes, it's true. The Heather and Lisa, like, it's like our relationship. It's like, it's just a band-aid, no sutures. It can rip off again, you know. In the Ten Commandments, there's one that says, you know, thou shall not lie. And maybe singing hymns will remind Heather. 
What a slam. Like, I love that Lisa's there to remind Heather potentially through song that she's a liar. Meredith, we find out, is not going to be there because of a family, uh, her family event, and she's going to be costume consultant for the choir, which I think would be hysterical if Meredith dresses them like Jesus Christ Superstar or something. Jen in the Talking Head says, I have issues with Angie H, but not, but not talking is productive. And I'm glad Dana Banana isn't coming today. I don't need auditions part two with her. Corey goes, okay, some of us have been in choir since the fifth grade. I've been in choir since the fifth grade. I've been a choir director at middle school, you know, choir for 20 years, choir, 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 you know, church music. Maybe you don't go to church anymore. You want to make music and worship in a way that means something to you. And Heather's like, yes, queen, yes. And of course, he's like, okay, everyone on their feet, stand up. And Lisa hugs Heather and goes, we have to talk. And Heather in a talking head goes, ugh, I hate her. This is, I don't know, man. Like This is where Heather is starting to lose me this season overall. I think, I think you know, because Heather's a fan of the Housewives, and I think that is potentially disastrous for people because she's trying to stay out of conflict that she actually knows information about. And she truly doesn't like Lisa Barlow and she truly doesn't like, and then like she'll say these kind of petty talking head things when Lisa's actually throwing herself in these scenes. Heather is like uh, saying like this right here, this choir is like bigger than, than us, you know? And Lisa's like, I'm working on a friendship. Like I'm putting in the work here, Heather. And Corey, we hear is like, okay, everybody, let's put your lips together. Hmm. And during this whole warm up, it's funny, the Lisa Heather, like uh conversation fight continues. And she, at least like, that's why I went into auditions, Heather, to support you. Ah. And then Heather, because Heather like says like well actions speak louder than words Lisa and then there's just silence because the choir is stopped and then they go hmm and Lisa's like I don't want to be in the space of anger and contention why would you take oh sorry this is actually <laughs> this is Heather Heather's like I don't want to be in a space of anger and contention why would you take commenting that you know, sensitive things about my dad and sending text messages over Twitter while he was dying. If you didn't want to go backwards. And Lisa goes, you have to see my side. My character was being denigrated because you told a lie. And I was like, I have to clear my name. And I even second guessed myself. Like I was, I a shitty person. And Heather says, yeah, you were. And Heather in a talking head says, Hey Lisa, you're an empath, right? We'll put the facts aside and focus on my feelings because my feelings are hurt. And as an empath, you should feel that. And Lisa goes, do you like me? Yes or no question. Yes or no. Do you like me? And then we cut to God be with you meet again. And Lisa's like, yes or no. And Lisa says, if you're saying you're my friend, your actions are showing me otherwise. Heather says, I've always wanted to be good to you, but you don't own your space. If you want to start from ground zero and be my friend. And Lisa says, but you like, and Heather's like, oh my God, are you for real? And Lisa's like, stop for a second. Let's talk through this. And Angie H pulls genocide and she. <laughs> I was just like, bad move, Angie. Angie H pulls genocide and goes, you're a casualty in this war. And for that, we're both sorry. We're talking about the Jen Shaw Exposed because Angie H and Chris really, truly hate Lisa Barlow. And Jen says, well, it affects my credibility. And I told Sharif, 
I, I told Sharif and he said, you know, if, if Angie and Chris, they apologize publicly, then, then you can be forgiven. And once again, I'm just like, this is wild that Jen and Sharif get to call the shots when we still haven't heard, I think, uh, an actual apology from Jen from what she's done. Angie says, okay, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. First off, I would hate if I was Chris of like, Angie comes home is like, Hey, coach says you got to apologize. I said, yeah, for you. Jen in the talking head goes, I don't like living in this space right now. And if Chris can do this, we can move on me and coach. And Lisa says, we are both in uh, Arizona. A lot of lies being said about me. This is the Heather conversation. And it was hurtful to me and my husband. And Heather goes, I have not been part of those conversations or corroborated them in any way. And Lisa goes, Whitney has been ever so consistent and you guys are all a part of that and Heather's like that's crazy man and Lisa's like why would she make that up she's right over there let's bring her over Whitney come here and Whitney's like oh god and she comes over and Lisa's like if you hear them or not these rumors and Heather says Whitney recanted the rumors and Whitney's like no I did not I said either Heather um can like conveniently forgets or has forgotten clearly you don't remember purposely um or don't remember or it's um so and heather's like how do i fix it then you guys how do i fix it because you know basically what winnie is saying is that you're 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 conveniently not remembering or you genuinely don't remember and you've got sundowners and lisa's like when you called heather you acted like you didn't remember um and that we flash back to heather calling and not remembering this thing and lisa says the fact she can't remember is a heather problem not a me problem and whitney goes you asked me to choir after you pushed me out of your house and we see the flashback to facetiming heather to whitney where whitney's like you pushed me out of your house and heather's like oh my god i completely forgot about that i am starting to worry about heather's mental uh, stability and whitney goes um i'm friends with lisa and heather says yeah great be friends with lisa and whitney says First time I'm not go along to get along and I don't want this space anymore. And Heather says, it's an awkward space. It's gone. It's gone then. It's gone. And she just walks away. And Whitney in a talking head goes, when people start to show you who they are, you better believe them. I'm at this point of like, fuck you, Heather, after being shut down for the hundredth time. And we get a flashback to Heather going, fuck you. I didn't say that in Arizona. And then the time again, like the, all the times of Heather just leaving. And Whitney and I talking to Heather goes, I'm done. And Corey's like, okay, choir, we all have this group together. And Angie K goes, the music will heal. What a weird, Angie K is a true blue weirdo. Um, and they're like, God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel, let him hold till we meet him again. This scene is fake as fuck in so many ways. And they try to do this clever device of like putting the choir throughout. And I think it was completely offensive because I thought they made these ladies have some real conversations and they tried to cleverly edit like with the choir to make it funny. And I just found it very clunky. Like I have felt this entire episode has been. Uh, they finish and everyone claps, a new scene. Um, and we open with Meredith putting out a charcuterie board of cheese and crackers. And she gets to the door. She's like, what's up, girl? You look, what's up, girl? You look beautiful. And Dana's there. And Meredith, uh, by the way, goes, do you want a drink? And she goes, sure, sure. Meredith's fridge opens and it is filled with every premium beverage I've ever seen. Like you got sodas in there. You got fancy waters in there. Did you see the inside of this fridge? There's no food. There's just all sorts of, I used to dream about a family that had every sort of liquid in their fridge. 
Like, could you imagine? Like, this fridge is the fridge of dreams. And she's like, what are you, what are you even doing, girl? And Dana's like, showing houses, you know, picking up the kids. And I'm going to do a date night. And Meredith goes, I like Dana in a talking head. It's nice to have someone, some time to explore new relationships with people that are kind and caring. No toxic people. And Meredith's like, what are you going to do for date night? She's like, I don't know, maybe a movie. And she's like, Seth and I have had ups and downs. And Dana says, we fight and we love hard. You have to fight for each other. You just have to do it. And Meredith is like, yep, that's right for dang sure. Fight for Unky. And we cut to a pool where Jen Shaw and Angie Kay are getting in. And I'm like, what kind of weather is Utah like where we have had two pool scenes, but also these like really intense skiing scenes? Jen comes in looking like like Versace, just shit all over her. And I just don't know why they're a pool. Jen cracks open a white claw and she's like, the water is perfect. And Jen goes, do you need me to hype you up, girl? And Angie goes, I'm ready for this trip. Jen in the talking head goes, I'm ready for a turn up vacation. A real turn up, a real Shaw Squad heads up. And we get a flashback to Angie telling Jen, yo, I have a friend with a house in San Diego. And, uh, of course, we know that San Diego means a whale's vagina. Um, So uh, Jen's like, woo, San Diego. Of course, remember, Jen can't leave the country. So we're doing these kind of trips to Arizona, San Diego, places that are close that you can't run. And um, Jen goes, I don't want any more healing trips. I, I want to be uh, on a glam trip, keep it cute, keep it right on the surface, which is kind of how Jen seems to be participating in these seasons. She kind of keeps it right on the surface, doesn't really deal with her bullshit. And she says, for all they know, we're in Hawaii taking pics at this pool. And I'm like, let's not encourage any more lies out of Jen. Uh, Angie, at this point, FaceTimes Meredith to invite her to San Diego because what a time, of course you naturally would do this when Dan is over there. And Meredith goes, Look who I have here. And we see that Dan, like they see that Dan is there. And uh, Jen's like, what the fuck? And Mary's like, who's going to this party? And Angie's like, you, Heather, Whitney, Lisa, Jen, Shaw, and Angie Kay. And Jen goes, I would invite you, Dana, but I heard you were talking shit, girl. And Meredith says, okay, wait, Jen, I think you and Dana have some miscommunication. And Jen goes, don't call me a bully, because that's not what happened, which is usually the first thing a bully ever says. And Dana says, I don't tolerate stuff like that. And Jen, like, li- like just literally loses her shit. She's like, Dana, we're done. Meredith, call you back, baby. And, like, Jen, like, literally gets up and just <laughs> gets out of the pool and walks her ass off. And she's like, you're not going to perpetuate this. And it just shows that Jen cannot take any sort of heat at all. If the if the if the spotlight is shown on Jen Shaw in a, some kind of fun, positive way, like spending money like that trip in Vegas when she brought Heather Gay all those clothes, for, you know, remember they picked out all those clothes and got Heather all suited up, suited up. Uh, but if you if you question Jen, it's done. Anyways, that is the end of this episode. So, and then we have the second half of the season coming up. So, this was episode eight. I'm guessing we're getting a 15 episode season. What I'm guessing. So we are over halfway through, you guys. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. If you like this YouTube, like, subscribe, do all that crap that YouTubers say that you're supposed to do, and uh, we will see you every day on so bad it's good thanks guys bye and 
you guys on the podcast, I was saying goodbye to YouTube. Now I'll say goodbye to you. What a show today. Frank Catania, Kim Kardashian divorce. We will talk to you with brand new guests on Thursday. Have a great Wednesday. Bye, guys. Betches.